listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Nouvelle. It's not just a job. It's not just a paycheck. Or at least it doesn't have to be. With the help of experts across industries, Dirk helps you find your passion and career, as well as exposing the unknown parts of every vocation. Let's go deep. Let's find your genius zone right now. Here's Dirk Nivelle. Hey everybody, this is Dirk, and I am on with one of my closest friends from Maryland, uh, Craig Strent. Thanks for coming on, Craig. Love being here, Dirky. Craig's got a busy uh, life right now, and he's about to leave the country for a month. Um, you want to just kind of briefly touch on that trip to Israel? Sure, sure. I'm glad we're going right to that. Um, you know, I think uh, I read a book years ago by Ted Leonsis called The Business of Happiness, and uh, he's gentleman owns the Washington Capitals and some other local sports teams, one of the original founders of AOL, and he talks about um, the importance of having uh, you know, written specific things that you want to accomplish in your life and and not compromising on doing those. Um, our, our mutual coach, Tim Brahim, has talked about Masogis, which is the Japanese ritual of doing one big thing a year. And several years ago, I knew that my son was going to be spending a semester in Israel. Uh, my wife, Amy, and I decided to <clears throat> use that time to uh, spend a month there and rather than just be tourists, which we had done once before, actually go and live there for a month and feel what, it likes to act, feel, feel what it's like to actually live there. So um, it's been on the calendar for a number of years. I can't believe it's actually here. Uh, but for the first time since I started working in, I'm going to date myself now, in 1994, I'm taking off more than two weeks and I'm not going to wait till retirement to start enjoying things. Uh, no time like the present. There's never going to be a great time to take off a month, but I'm doing it starting tomorrow. Yeah, and you also uh, just made a company move. So uh, a lot on your plate right now, but I admire you for doing it. And uh, I know it's going to be a life experience that you won't regret. For sure. Really excited. So I will say this, you know, I Craig and I are in the same industry and I've known Craig for many years and uh, the group that I'm part of or we're part of uh, right now, probably about 50 people, uh, you know, it used to be 25, 30, 35. And I will say Craig is one of the most, uh, one of my favorite people in the group. Uh, not only just personally, I think we have a lot of similarities, but uh, in terms of respect for what he does in his career. And, you know, Craig is, you know, out of all the people in this group, and I think there's many, many impressive people. Craig, in my opinion, is the most impressive. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that quite as honestly as I can. So when it came time for these podcasts to hope, you know, to educate my users on the life behind a career, you were one of the guys that I definitely wanted to interview first. So why don't you tell me or the audience a little bit about, you know, um, what you do, even your title, Feel free to give a little information on the industry and and then we'll go down that road and then I'll jump in when it's appropriate. Yeah. Uh, in short, I sell money, right? That's what we do in the mortgage business uh, in, in in a lot of ways, but it's it's so much more than that and I, and I take a much more global approach to it. But um, I've been in the mortgage business since 1994. Um, I started out as what's called a mortgage broker and then became a mortgage banker sometime later. I started my own company at the age of 25, just three years out of college. And I built that up from two folks to about 150 folks and sold that company at the end of 2021. 
went on to be a national sales leader for another company that didn't do well in a very down market. And I've since made uh, an additional move now where I'm, I am help to run a sales group um, at a mortgage company that's part of a national bank. So remaining in the mortgage business since about 1994, been through multiple iterations of the business and different setups as well. And I'm proud to have really grown a company from scratch to the point of sale, which um, you know, is 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 difficult to do in any industry. Um, but I've been in the mortgage business since pretty much six months out of college. And uh, at the end of the day, the mortgage business is about, from where I sit, is about really working hand in hand with people who want to do two things. One, people who want to buy a home for the very first time, which is a major life event, and it's really exciting to be part of that process. And two, people who are already in homes and want to save money on their mortgages. Um, these are all things that are very rewarding when you can achieve them, that people get excited about. Uh, people get excited about buying second homes and buying bigger homes and all that. So it's a fun type of sale. It's very personal. So it's very rewarding uh, in a lot of ways when it, when it goes well. At the end of the day though, it's still sales and you've got to always be looking for, you know, who am I going to help next? And you keep that pressure on. But if you do that, it can be a highly rewarding, very liberating type of lifestyle with with uh, with a lot of financial freedom associated with it. So, you know, one of the things that's unique about you, Craig, is not only are you running a company, but you're also a producer. And maybe you wear more of the hat of running the company now, but you've been a producer for a long time. And from what I've seen, usually those are two different skill sets, but you do both really well. Are you 50-50 right now? Are you 80-20? Like, where is most of your time allocated um, with this new company you just joined? Yeah, I'm like 90-10 on management leadership versus producing right now. And there's been points in my career where that swings hard the other way. It just depends what's needed in the environment. But um, right now uh, I'm working on, uh, it's a down market in the mortgage environment. So you really put your head down, you do your best to support other people, help them be the best version of themselves, help them with their sales, train and mentor. And at this point in my career, that's really what I enjoy doing a tremendous amount. Uh, I had a lot of people help me as I was coming up and I've done well as a result of it. And I really feel a lot of passion and excitement around seeing other people succeed at this point. So that's where I'm spending most of my time. Okay. So- What's cool about you interviewing you is maybe we can talk about the life of both roles because you've done them and are doing them both fairly well. So maybe initially, let's talk a little bit about producer in terms of being responsible for locking loans and building a book of business. Tell me about what that's, you know, that lifestyle is like, because if I'm thinking, you know, I'm coming out of college and I'm interested in finance or real estate. And I, you know, I know people in the mortgage industry, um, there's a lot about this life that they probably don't know, especially at your level in terms of how you get to be elite. So maybe you can walk through the audience, um, kind of some of the things you've done to be successful and kind of what your days look like, you know, on a Monday, on a Sunday, you know, at night. I mean, it's not a, it's not an eight to five gig for sure. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, that would be great. Yeah, for people thinking about you know sales or what I would really reframe these days as relationship management, there's a ramping period. There's usually a learning curve where you get basic knowledge and become an expert in your product. And the most important thing is that you have to be an expert in what it is your product is, whether it's a service or a physical item where you're selling a copier or where you're selling consulting services, right? You have to really be a master of that. You have to have more information called the challenger sale. You have to have more information than the other recipient. Or if they have information, you've got to make sure that you have 
uh, enough to inform and educate and overcome objectives and all that stuff. So there's a lot of training involved in it. Those people that enjoy uh, public speaking and are outgoing are often good at it. Those people who are very technically inclined, engineering, are also good at it if it's a very technical product. That could show up really well there. My regular day is a combination of of meeting with people that are uh, potentially interested in purchasing a new home, selling their other home, buying a new one, uh, saving money on their mortgage, doing home improvements, consolidating debts, things like that. And um, meeting with those people that interact with those folks regularly, folks that can refer them to me. Uh, the primary uh, group that typically comes to mind is, is realtors, but I work quite a bit with financial advisors, CPAs, divorce lawyers, other people that are regularly coming into contact with those interested uh, in making adjustments to their mortgage or taking out a mortgage for the first time. Uh, that's the mortgage piece of it. On the leadership side, as I mentioned previously, I spend time managing the overall day-to-day -day of the company. That could be operations, that could be accounting and finance, that could be compliance. It's never a dull moment. There's a million things that come in. One of the things I love about mortgages is I was in an accounting and international business major. I didn't know how to spell mortgage when I got out of college. I just sort of fell into it. Um, and you should always pursue all opportunities. You never know where they're going to go. But what I like about mortgage as a business person, as an entrepreneur, is that it touches on real estate, insurance, accounting and finance, leadership, regulatory compliance. There's a million things that come into it. Lending, obviously, of course. So there's a wide range of things that come into it. Um, and if you do it right, you can really make your own schedule uh, and you can really uh, determine based on how much you want to work and how smart you work versus how hard you work, uh, what kind of compensation levels you want to have as well. So it's been super rewarding and my day-to-day my -day is sometimes stressful, but generally great. So, you know, everybody has different things about a career that they want out of a career. You know, for me, I really cherish freedom. Um, you know, I've I've coached my kids for many years. I like to run my own schedule. Um, I don't like to be capped financially. I like to have upside on um, making money. What, what are two or three of the things that are important to you that you're getting out of this industry or, or I should say your job? Yeah, flexibility for sure, right? I mean, you do sometimes work uh, on evening or a weekend, but you know, you're not working you know, all day, all the time, unless you're, you know, really want to go hard after it and, and prospect and build relationships early on. But I, I really enjoy that piece of it, the challenge of each opportunity. And, you know, a word that I hear from, you know, I'll date myself again by saying by from young people these days who are looking for jobs or career changes, the word I hear a lot is the word impact. I always hear that whenever I talk to young folks and I say, what, what do you want? Say, well, I want a good paying job and I want flexibility and I want to maybe work from home. But they always say, and I want to I want to make an impact. Well, for me, you know, I never use that word, but when I, uh, up until now, and so I started hearing it a lot, but when I think about what I do, I make an impact all day long. When people purchase their first home, it's a wonderful feeling to see them get the keys for the first time, to move into the house. They're 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 elated. They they start decorating rooms and figure out where the dog's going to go and all these things. Um, and and it's just fun to be a part of that process. When people, you know, typically their largest debt is their mortgage. So when you can help them refinance and save money on that mortgage, it's not just about just saving a few hundred dollars a month. It's that money might pay for college. That money might finance a new car they need, right? That money <clears throat> might be going to pay off debt that they can't get out from underneath. That money might be going to finally put a deck on the house or finish the basement or something that's really going to improve their lifestyle. So it is a business where you don't just have impact. People talk about impact. They usually mean 
in a big sense, but this is a better impact in my mind because it's personal impact. You're helping to do something that's making somebody's uh, life better as a result of your work. So that's where that's where I get a lot of joy out of it. And, and, and yeah. Yeah, so could you see yourself like, I mean, if you think about another career, could you do, could you have the same satisfaction in a different job or industry? Or is there something specifically about the finance industry that does it for you? Well, I think you could have massive impact in, in almost any industry. I mean, you know, I don't know who the quote is, but you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, right? So no matter what you do, you can make impact based on what you do. I could certainly see myself in other industries. And if I loved what I was doing in, in almost any industry, I'm sure it would be impactful. So yeah, I'm, I mean, I've been fortunate that, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd be in the mortgage business. But to me, that's just uh, that's just the business. It's what it's what that I do on a daily basis that really defines, you know, my work, my enjoyment, and and you know, sort of the impact and uh, um, fulfillment I get in my work. So I think in any business, if you love in any business or anything, whether it's nonprofit, environmental, whatever it is, if you're doing something you love, it's going to work out. So pursue, you know, don't worry, especially if you're you're younger, looking at your first job, like. Pursue what you love doing first. Let that take you as far as you can. Try as hard as you can to be successful at it. Because you know what, in anything, even if it's really hard to succeed, there's always somebody who does. And if you love it that much and you work hard at it, you will be successful over time. So those things get in the way, finance, family, and you have to pivot, I get it. But if you have the benefit of just pursuing what you like, pursue it as long as you can until you hit that success rate. Because eventually you'll keep failing forward and you'll get there. Yeah, so that that that's an area that I all want to talk about as well is, you know, if you think about what this podcast is about, I'm really trying to educate people, make better decisions about their life work. But when you're 22, 23, you know, I should say for myself, the voices in my head were all about money and to be quite honest, my father's voice of what looks good. So I always gravitated towards falling into sales jobs because of the money. But, you know, for for a um a young adult coming out of college with a lot of voices in their head. Do you have any advice on, you know, you say do what you love, but like sometimes that's hard to identify. I don't think a lot of uh, people are kind of trained to identify and think about what comes natural for them. Uh, you know, you have two boys, uh, I think is one out of college yet? Uh, no, one more year. So, you know, I mean, what what is your advice to someone who's like, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, and then, you know, the voice in my dad, go get a job, just do something, you know, and I get it. But do you have any thoughts on somebody that's just struggling and like, I don't really know what I want to do? Yeah. Then if you're not sure what you want to do, then regardless of the compensation, pursue something that you're going to enjoy doing and love. If you, if you, if you chase stability and comp early in your career right out of college you're going to fall into a trap because the comp you're going to you're going to move up slowly the comp's going to keep moving up by the time you're 30 you're going to be in a position where you're going to say i'm making this much now i can't go back to zero the time to do that is when you're young when i started my first business at 25 having become a, a commission salesperson at 22. you come out of school hopefully you're graduating with as little debt as possible if you're not hopefully you're getting to manage that and deferred in some way but Come out and take the smallest possible fixed expenses you can. Fixed expenses are the big killer when, when you know, when, longer term. So whether you got to share an apartment, whether you got to move back home, whether you got to drive your old car or, or cook dinner and bring, you know, keep your fixed overhead and, and ideally your variable overhead. Keep that low at that age. 
save up your money. The sooner you pay for retirement, the sooner you can retire, right? So the moment you have access to a 401k, put as much as you're comfortable in there, right? There's a concept of financial planning called pay yourself first. Okay, so always pay yourself first. More on that later if you want to talk about that. But my answer to your question would be if you're coming out of school or, or in your 20s and you're feeling rudderless, then pursue something that you will enjoy doing. And that might be waiting tables or working at the bar. And that could turn into, you know, uh, uh, being the manager, having being the general manager, overseeing multiple restaurants, owning your own restaurant, being a really famous entrepreneur. on re Like, so everything, the, the, the best person in every industry does just great. So if you love it, pursue it. If you're loving it, what you do, keep doing it and you will rise to the top eventually. So do you have a thought on someone uh, not loving what they do and what their level of success could be? Or, I mean, if, if, if your son was, say, fast forward five years from now in a job where he just really disliked, um, what would your advice be to him? Change jobs. We only go through this life once. We're all going to look back at some point and look at what we did and see what our legacy is. And, and we don't want to have any regrets. We don't want to say, I can't believe I spent 40 years doing that job that I didn't like, that I was miserable in doing. Switch jobs, pursue a new career. And if you're passionate about it, you will be successful in that new role. So in your job now, like you've had, you know, you and I are close to age. What is your biggest surprise? Like if, so if you have somebody that's reading a job description or talking to somebody about being a lender or owning their own mortgage brokerage shop, what is the, you know, you, we all can read and we can all know what a job's about, but now that you've been in it for so long, what would you say the biggest, you know, maybe there's two or three, but the biggest surprise that you didn't see coming, um, that, you know, you might maybe warn somebody like, you know, maybe somebody, um, who wants to get into sales, doesn't want to be in a sales job where they have to start over every month, uh, versus, you know, commercial insurance or being a financial advisor. Yeah. What are some of the things you're like, oh man, I, I didn't think about this or I didn't see this coming. And I would definitely want to, you know, let someone know who's thinking about getting into this business. This is, you know, evident in the industry. Are there any of those things? For sure. Two things come to mind. I mean, my dad used to joke with me that you're only as good as your last loan, right? So you're always looking at the next one. You can mitigate that over time by building a great database, a great client following, a uh, good realtor base, good referral partner base where you know you're going to get a certain amount, but you've got to keep working it. You can't fall asleep at the wheel. Somebody's always ready to take your, your piece of it. So you've got you've to continue to stay on top of that. So that'd be one. And there are other industries where the sales side is better. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, the other piece is, is cyclical. Like the mortgage business is a massive cyclical nature. It literally can go like this, right? And so one year you can have business coming out your ears and every single person is refinancing or buying a home. And then next year volume could drop by 80%. So you've got to make sure that you're not living beyond your means in the years that are really good. That's when you're stocking away and saving and saving your nuts up, right? For, for, for the future, for the winter. So you've got to be good at keeping a base level of living expenses. And then when things are great, that's when you can maybe take the bigger vacation or do the other things or, you know, buy a new car if that's your thing or whatever, but you've got to keep your base level living within what a normalized market would look like, or you're going to find yourself in trouble. In terms of other sales jobs, you talk about, there are other sales jobs that are more um, steady. I mean, you talked about insurance, uh, life insurance, home insurance. These are things where you might get less money up front, but over time you build a more recurring stream of business. So every year on January 1, you wake up and you know, as long as I do a good job servicing my clients, I'm going to get this much money. That might be better for people that are more conservative 
uh, financially that just want to have more certainty over time. Uh, you mentioned financial advisory. I think that that's one of the best careers you can have. Financial advisors get typically paid a portion of the assets they manage. So you start out with people that are your age and young friends. And as you get older, they get older. As you build up more money, they build up more money. So you wind up going and you wind up in that business, you wind up working really hard. But as you get older, you work less hard and make significantly more and you get to really enjoy it. So I think that's a wonderful business to pursue. And it's also super fulfilling, helping people manage their money properly and, and live out their, their dreams. So in the industry you're in, your job, your career, is there anything you're not getting like that you wish was part of this career that you have? You know, the cyclical nature of things does does make it sort of difficult to manage operations for sure, because, you know, when things are really busy, you have to expand and have a lot of support personnel. And then when things are really slow, you don't need all those people. So there is this uh, essentially piece of it where, you know, sometimes you have to let people go. And that's one of the most difficult things in business. I really uh, pride myself on taking care of people. I had a huge and still do have a huge uh, focus on employee experience. Uh, we've won best places to work many times over. My philosophy has always been if I take care of my employees, they'll take care of my customers. If I make them smile, then they'll pick up the phone and smile and show up as the best versions of themselves to our customers. And so I like to do little things to reward our people. We collect lists of what they love. And when it comes time to reward them, we send them little gifts and we do all kinds of fun events. So when things are really difficult and the market turns a lot, and things are completely out of our control because of where interest rates are, we sometimes have to cut people. And uh, that's definitely the darkest side of the mortgage business in my mind. Yeah, I've seen that and it's, it's tough. So in terms of success, I always love the term authentic success. Um, would you... I would be curious how you would define that for yourself. Yeah, I think authentic success is being in integrity, right? With what you have done. Are you, uh, have you built something that's built on a solid foundation? At our company, Apex, we have what we call a brick wall. And uh, we talked about building the company brick by brick. And as we had certain achievements, we used to take these brick stickers. We would talk about the achievement publicly in front of the company. The person that was responsible would take this brick, peel it off and put it on the wall. And we would see over time the brick wall building and our, we would be able to visualize and visually see the authentic success that we had had. So I think building something that's solid, uh, solid foundation that has enterprise value. Eventually we sold it for enterprise value. I think to me, that's really the authentic success and it's multiple layers of success. It's, you know, uh, are your customers happy and are they coming back? Are your employees happy and are they showing up as the best version of yourself? And then three, are you a good business citizen? Are you a good citizen the community like i feel strongly about living and working and giving back in the communities we serve we had something called apex in action which we still have that's our community giving program and if you're going to serve your local communities and you expect people to buy local and start with you then i think there's got to be a two-way street of being philanthropic and being out in the community and helping the customers that you serve uh, uh, you know, helping them with all kinds of issues. You know, we packing uh, lunches for school lunches for kids um, who have food insecurity over the weekend, whether it's uh, warm coat drives in the winter, you know, all kinds of things like that that are easy to do that bring us together to serve the community. I think it's three-pronged approach to that authentic success model. Yeah, no, I love to hear that. I think a lot of folks, um, to be honest, you know, they don't think about personal authentic success. They think of 
maybe they are living success, uh, someone else's success. But I've always thought I've seen you from afar, and I I feel like you are living it. I would you say from a scale of one to ten? I mean, are you a ten, or is there some things that you're still trying to uh, implement in your career, no. or would you say you're satisfied? There's massive room for improvement at all times. Uh, before we joined the call, I decided uh, I would take out to show you, uh, Durkee, my my core values block. Yep. This is something that we had at Apex. It's got five different things on it. Um, and one of them is uh, what we call Kaizen, the Japanese principle of continuous improvement. And here it is, continuous improvement, innovation, and efficiency. And um, for me, uh, I always want to be improving. I don't want to be stagnant and get run over. I'm a lifelong learner. I always want to do better. And that just does not apply to business. There's things personally that I'd rather be much better at than I am now as well. And I'm always going to be working on improving those. I think this is a journey. It's not about getting to the destination. It's about learning, being introspective, being self-aware, and just constantly getting better. And that applies to both business and personal life for me. So if you don't mind me asking, you know, from a business perspective, is there something that you feel like you need to work on? Because what I see is kind of like an elite person in your industry. I mean, what, what exactly is it that you don't think you're doing very well? I think you can always improve. I think you can always become a better leader. There's a lot of qualities to leadership, empathy, uh, you know, understanding, motivation. So I think that that's an area where we can always get better. I haven't been great uh, all the time. I've had plenty of people that have worked at my company that have left my company, and there's always a reason why. And you know, I take responsibility if it doesn't work out. You know, if you hire someone and then you have to fire them, that's on you. Either you didn't keep the volume up to support them, or you didn't train them right, or you did a poor job at selection. So I think you know, extreme ownership of that is for me. I believe the leader gets the credit, and the leader takes the blame. That's how it works. And so I think in business. There's absolutely always room for massive improvement. Um, and I learn every time somebody leads, leaves my company, um, I learn from that. And I believe, I truly believe that people don't leave companies. They leave leaders. They leave managers, right? So for me, I take that personally. I take it hard, probably harder than I should each time. But it, it makes me get introspective and it makes me think about what I can do better in the future. Um, so the other thing about success in my opinion is you know we talk a lot about the zone of genius um doing what you're naturally uh born to do my my feeling with you is you're far from faking it like it's very genuine i like i know that you're very interested in finances you're always reading the the wall street journal and it's naturally something you want to do i guess you know do you feel like when you look around at some of your peers or people in the business um do you feel that the lack of, um, I'm trying to articulate this. Do you see when people don't have the genuine passion and what happens because of it? Like, I feel like you have that, but you've been around a lot of people. You've managed a lot of people. You've probably competed with a lot of people. Having that passion, how important do you think that is to being successful in this industry? I think it's uber successful. I've seen people get burnt out. They do get burned out. It's important to take breaks. It's important to stop and recharge. And by recharge, I mean, get off your email, get away from your work. Don't just take a week long vacation and then be on your email all weekend long. That's not a recharge. Usually once you go on vacation, it takes a couple of days until you truly unwind. And at least a couple of times a year, 
you need to just completely unplug and recharge your battery or else you're not going to show up at work as the best version of yourself. So I think that's just super important to do, Derek. And so um, I do see people that are burnt out and I do see people that are just slogging through. And part of that is that they're not challenged in their work. They're not constant lifelong learners. They're just trying to put money in the bank to pay the bills to get to that retirement piece. And if you find yourself in that position, it might be time to either take a big break or just do something else. So we're kind of going to wrap this up here pretty soon, but is there anything like that you feel like you would want to say uh, to my audience that might be, you know, just whether it's the mortgage industry or something else, but just any advice on choosing life work? I mean, you've given advice already, but is there one more nugget or two that you would end with that you might want to say, you know, uh, I mean, because because I do think there's a lot of people that don't admit it that really, really struggle with choosing, you know, that next step. And sometimes you just got to take action, which leads to something else like you did in your career. But is there anything that you haven't said that you feel like you might want to say along these lines? Yeah. If you find that you've gone down the wrong path and then you might not be doing what you love, it's never too late to change it. It's never too late to change it. I'm reminded of a scene in our family of your listeners remember the movie Up in the Air, but George Clooney has to fire a famous guy, the guy who does the farmer's insurance commercial. I forget that guy's name. And, you know, he fires him and the guy's all upset with him. And he looks at his resume and he said, when did you give up on your dream? And the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And he says, well, I see you minored in culinary arts and you've been working at this insurance company for 10 years. When did you give up on your dream? And the guy says, good question, right? So that guy was in a position where he had to, because of his family and his obligations, he had to pursue something he didn't love doing, right? So try to avoid that. And if you find yourself in it, make a switch sooner rather than later, because it's never too late to make the switch. It's never too late to start again. And as I've said multiple times on this podcast, if, if you're doing what you love, you will find a way to be successful and make the money you need to live the lifestyle that you want. If you're pursuing excellence, doesn't mean that you love doing so. Um, you know, don't, don't don't be afraid of change, regardless of how old you are. Don't be afraid to make change. Be courageous. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I mean, that's the crux of what I'm getting at is you said, you know, follow your dream. But I would say, and I do want to hear your thought on this, is I don't think people are, you know, they have their dream, their passions, their interests, what's innate to who they are. And then they have, I got to get a job. And I don't think those two groups are merged inside people's decisions. I, I just don't think they think in terms of what am I really good at? You know, what do I love doing on a Saturday for seven hours? I don't even think it's part of the discussion when, you know, applying for jobs or going on interviews. I'm, I guess what I would, I'm trying to think is like, how, how do we merge, you know, what's your advice on getting younger adults to merge those things? Cause I don't think they pay attention to the right things. And I think that's part of the problem. Know that there's a job in everything, right? My younger son is passionate, passionate about roller coasters. He loves roller coaster. He drives to different places to go to roller coasters. He's taken trips around the country. He's gone on a roller coaster camp, right? And and I said, and and you know, he's talking about he doesn't know what he wants to do in the world. I said, well, what about roller coasters? And he's like, what do you mean, roller coasters isn't a job? I said, of course it is. People design the roller coaster. People work at the roller coaster company. There's somebody in the accounting department at the roller coaster company that loves roller coasters, but wasn't good enough to design them or whatever. We just wanted to be around roller coasters and people. So he's an accountant. He works at the roller coaster company. And there's somebody in sales at roller coaster that goes to the amusement parks all over the country and helps sell roller coasters. There's a million jobs 
related to roller coasters. Whether you know, and he's like, well, I'm not great at. I'm not going to be a physics major, and I can't design. Okay, what are you great at? Right? Are you good at finance? Are you good at sales? Are you good at management? There's a job for you. Are you good at art? You can design them. There's a job for you in roller coasters. Let's pursue that. Well, how do you pursue that, Dad? Well, let's look up roller coaster manufacturers and see if any of them have internships. And let's start with that, right? So there's always something you can do. And if you're not sure, then then do some traveling and take some odd jobs and see where that goes and see where your passion lies and get a full range of experience. Go really wide and try a lot of different things until you find something you like. And then when you find something you like, then you go deep in that vertical. I love it. That's great. Roller coasters. Um, let's just say you could not do the mortgage business. Let's say it was off the table. You couldn't run your own business. You know, nothing similar to what you're doing now. It just, God came down and said, sorry, Craig, you can't do this. What is it you would do? Like, what is a dream job that if you, if you had to pick and you could do a dream job, totally different from what you're doing right now, what would it be? I know it's a crazy thing to say, but I live in Washington, D.C. There's a reason I came here. I always wanted to be president of the United States, Turkey. So I would love to be, I would love to be an elected office. I'd love to be a person that could really have significant impact on other people's lives, help my constituents uh, with all of their problems. Something like that would probably be something I love. I love history. So I'd love to be involved in something historical uh, as well, whether it's teaching uh, or, you know, anything like that. I love giving tours, as you know, I've given lots of tours around D.C. So I love being around the Washington, D.C. area and around uh, politics, history, government, and all that kind of stuff. So I'd probably find something in that in that uh, space that I was passionate about. Or, or I would buy the New York Islanders, my favorite sports team, and I would just be more than happy to run that sports franchise as well. Those would be my top two. I love it. You know, the word that keeps coming up in my head is impact. I think that like is uh, something that maybe you didn't realize when you were 22, 23, but I think that's really important for you to have in your career is impact, whether it's a mortgage person or whether it's, uh, you know, uh, owning a sports franchise or being a politician. Um, but that, I think that's a great way. Um, I, by the way, I would vote for you, Craig. Um, Thanks, Turkey. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, I wish you luck in Israel. Um, you're going to you. be there for a month, right? I'm going to be there for a month. Try to be present and try to enjoy it. That's right. Check out and recharge. Thanks for having me on, pal. Thank you.